Hi, I'm Cherie J. Wilson from Easy Rider, The Ride Back. I'm your next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrak. This is episode 281 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, Cherie J. Wilson is going to be stopping by. She's going to talk about, of course, her days on Dallas and at all that time she was on Walker, Texas Ranger. And she has a new DVD coming out called Easy Rider, The Ride Back. And she's going to be talking about that and all sorts of stuff, so be sure to stick around for that. And we've got Remake Madness coming up and all sorts of good information about the releases coming in theaters and everything else. And I want to remind you that Tuesday, September 24th, is Download On Screen and Beyond Day. That's right, we've picked a day, and we need as many people as possible to listen to On Screen and Beyond, so be sure to download On Screen and Beyond on that day. And tell a friend, tell your family, get everybody to do it. We're trying to get over 100,000 people in a day to download and listen to On Screen and Beyond. We want to get the word out. Our high is now over 92,000 people, but we want to make 100,000 people in a day listen to On Screen and Beyond by our 300th episode. So we're slowly getting up there. Somebody made a suggestion of picking a couple of days before that, and uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, Tuesday, September 24th, please. Download as many episodes of On Screen and Beyond as you can and then enjoy them because we got some great guests to listen to. Check them out. Have, tell a friend. They're all right there. And uh, emails. I want to thank everybody who's been sending us emails. A lot of great suggestions and a lot of, uh, you know, just plain people thanking us and talking. And it's really nice. I really appreciate that. And if you want to support the show, go to onscreenandbeyond.com. And all you got to do is, if you're going to be shopping at some of our sponsors that have ads at onscreenandbeyond.com, click on their site. That'll take you to their site. And you do just your normal shopping that you would normally do. We get a little credit for it. It helps us out. And you're not doing anything special except helping us. All right? So what do you say? Let's get into Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a musical version of Anne of Green Gables is in the works, and the story of Paul Bunyan and his bull, Babe, will come alive once again in 2015 in Bunyan and Babe, and it's an animated film with the voice talents of John Goodman and Jeff Foxworthy. 2015 will also bring us a remake of Popeye over at Sony Pictures Animation. That's it for Remake Madness, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like Kate Blanchett will be making her directorial debut with a film called The Dinner. It's a psychological thriller that involves two couples out for dinner, and both of their teenage sons are under investigation. Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad will star in a Jay Roach-directed biopic called Trumbo, and it involves the life of blacklisted screenwriter Dalton Trumbo. And it looks like Leonardo DiCaprio will star in and produce a biopic on the life of Woodrow Wilson. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen to Be On, Sequel City. We're taking you down to Sequel City to check out what's going on as far as sequels. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like Fast and Furious is moving to become a never-ending series of films. Actors are being signed for Sequel 7, as well as Sequel 8 and Sequel 9. And it has been confirmed. No big surprise, Insidious Chapter 3 is going to be made. And Jamie Foxx will be playing Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV on DVD, well, Family Tree, the complete first season from HBO, will arrive in stores on October 29th. And Breaking Bad, the complete series, is coming your way November 26th. And The Simpsons, the 16th season, arrives on December 3rd. That's it for TV on DVD. Next, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? We've got it. Movies on DVD, well, The Lone Ranger will land on Blu-ray Combo Pack on December 17th. And on November 12th, the animated movie Turbo will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD. And The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey, hits doors on November 5th. That is it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Cherie J. Wilson joins us. Cherie, of course, was on Dallas. She was on Walker, Texas Ranger. She's been in all kinds of stuff, but those two, of course, she was on for so many years, and she did such a great job on those, but she's done a lot of other things, and she has a brand new DVD coming out, or actually, it's out right now, just came out, and it's called Easy Rider, The Ride Back. And she's going to talk about that, tell us all about it, talk about Dallas, talk about Walker, Texas Ranger, and so much more. It's all coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond with Cherie J. Wilson. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress many of you will remember as April Stevens on Dallas or as Alex Cahill on Walker, Texas Ranger. Her latest film, which is also something that she produced, is a sequel to the classic film Easy Rider. It's called Easy Rider The Ride Back, which is now out on DVD. It's Cherie J. Wilson. Cherie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. I'm delighted to be chatting with you. On screen and beyond. I love it. You guys get all the best people. <laughs> oh, we've had a lot of people. Oh, I look at George Kennedy. God, I love him. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Jeez. Oh, he was so great. I mean, I worked with him on Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, just this big teddy bear. He is so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> he seemed it. Yeah. Shree, Easy Rider is such a classic. <laughs> I, I mean, it really takes a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say nerve, moxie? but, you know, yeah, moxie to, to do something like that. What moxie made you, or crazy. Well, crazy, too. <laughs> um, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's quite the, it has been quite the undertaking. What made you decide um, to do it? Well, um, I wished it was my idea, but it was actually uh, one of my producing partners, Phil Pitzer. Mm-hmm. He acquired the rights, and... Um, we're like ski buddies from Aspen, and he called me up one day, and this is just after, you know, it was after Walker had ended, and he said, Sheree, you're never going to believe this. I've secured the rights to Easy Rider. Wow. I said, how did you do that? You're some lawyer from Cincinnati. He goes, yeah, but I want you to help me produce this. You know Peter Fonda. You know Dennis Hopper, and I have a great part for Larry Hagman in in this sequel script. And so, well, you didn't have to ask me twice. What a great adventure. And, mm. you know, I'm game for anything then, <laughs> until you realize that the learning curve is so ginormous. <laughs> that you just, I had no idea what I was getting into. But, That's good no, sometimes. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a wild ride. And what is life unless we take those chances? <laughs> But no, it's been uh, it's been a really a wild ride. Uh, that's a, the best description I can I can give you. We've had um, stops and starts, and three years of litigation over the rights that we got embroiled in. But oh, really? We, wow. Yes, we prevailed. So we can have we actually have the right to make up to three more sequels. Hmm. This uh, this one 
is actually a prequel or a backstory sequel, if you if you like, um, because it spans the 40s, 50s, 60s to present day. We took Peter Fonda's and Dennis Hopper's and Terry Southern's, you know, mythology and the, this core story, and we just expanded on it. And we focused on Peter Fonda's character, Wyatt, and we gave him a family. It was like, how did this, Captain America come to be? Mm-hmm. Who was his family? What happened to the family after his untimely death when he was shot off the bike by these rednecks? And we really just brought the whole story up to, you know, and, and, and the reason it is a sequel is because there is present day. Mm-hmm. I play Peter Fonda's baby sister, all grown up. My name is Shane in the movie. And um, we gave brothers Wyatt Morgan and Virgil all after the Earp brothers <laughs> and Wild Bill Hickok Williams mm-hmm. is the patriarch and he was um, General Patton's motorcycle brigade in World War II he was blown off his motorcycle or the motorcycle shield the blast from a, a mine and shipped home and that's when he began building custom bikes on the farm in Springfield, Ohio, taught his sons the art of this bike building, and he really birthed the original uh, motorcycle club, and it was it's Scarlet Cross, and we did a little backstory of we made the Scarlet Cross in honor of the Red Cross, the Red Cross, and the medic satchel of the man who saved his life. And so once he got back to Springfield, we have a big veterans um, message in our film. And because one of the sons goes off to Vietnam, my son is uh, fighting in the Middle East right now, currently in Iraq, Afghanistan um, conflict. And uh, it's different generations of patriotism in our country. It's an homage to Harley Davidson for sure. We have 22 minutes of ride footage for all you motorcycle enthusiasts who are love the original. And it's really a family story about what um, our country has been built on and the conflicts and who embraced them, who ran from them. One of the sons turned yellow and his father thinks he's a coward and it's how death and war and, you know, what effects it has on a family. Hmm. And my job in the film is to bring the family back together. Ah, okay. So it's not only an homage to the original, which we have infinite um, similarities, because one thing, Phil is a detailed, detailed person, and he studied this. Um, (laughs) He studied it and lived at this his whole life, Easy Rider. Because in 1969, he was a preppy little Brooks Brothers attorney. And he saw Easy Rider. It changed his life. He threw away his suits. He threw away his ties. He grew his hair long. And he started to ride motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs) So for him, it was a personal, um, a big personal quest to really acquire these rights. And he enrolled me. And... uh, We've had we've had a great time making it. I'm sure. Challenging, challenging, challenging as usual. But uh, but we're finally across the finish line, and we're out on DVD everywhere. We we're doing a little bit of a different, out of the box type theatrical. We rolled our film out on opening night at Bartell's Harley Davidson dealership in Marina del Rey. Mm-hmm. They're one of the largest Harley-Davidson dealerships in the country. We are going to Bike Week in Vegas, and we're going to go to Red Rocks and uh, Las Vegas Harley-Davidson dealerships on October 5th, and we're rolling it out there. But we're really making this as a model for, like, movie night at Harley-Davidson dealerships. Wow, that sounds fun. (laughs) It's really fun. It's Instead of a drive-in, it's a ride-in. Wow. (laughs) Uh-huh. Now... Picking the cast for this, um, how did you go about that? Because I noticed, I haven't seen the film, but uh, Mm -hmm. I've seen some clips and things like that. 
and the, the the guy who plays Wyatt looks a lot like Peter Fonda. <laughs> that is Phil Pitzer, and Phil Pitzer is a biker, and he's also a lawyer. This was his first producing and acting role. He was only supposed to play this little cameo. Uh, (laughs) Big difference. (laughs) Oh, yeah. um, In the real sequel script. And Larry Hagman was supposed to be in the sequel script. Mm -hmm. Larry, unfortunately, had some health issues, and that's when we started casting. And we cast Newell Alexander as the patriarch. Now, Newell is just one of these remarkable characters that is he is so talented we aged him we you know dyed his hair white put liver spots on him this i mean he's a really handsome you know man yeah (laughs) he's not as old as we made him in our film but he is in this wheelchair and he's got shakes and jitters and his little lip quivering and all i mean he did such a good job and we cast Rance Howard, you know, Ron Howard's yes, yep. father, mm-hmm. as the man who saved his life way back when, as the, these are the two patriarchs in the film. And we have Michael Nury, who is, uh, plays my husband, who happens to be just one of the most talented people in the world and, and a dear friend. So he's, he has, you know, a few scenes. It's more of a cameo appearance, but... We needed somebody. I mean, Phil is just a complete ringer for Peter Fonda. He and did, so, yeah. of course, <laughs> he plays his brother, Morgan. Okay. And uh, Morgan idolized Wyatt. And uh, therefore, when Wyatt died, Morgan and Virgil went and collected, you know, what was left of the remains of the bike, his leather jacket, and, um, you know, his belt and his belongings. And. He reassembled and rebuilt the bike, and he is taking this ride back. It's kind of a ride back in honor of Wyatt. It's a ride back to the day, and it's a ride back to uh, to make to reconcile, um, you know, this estrangement with his father. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It sounds really interesting. I mean, and then we oh, then so then Jeff Fahey who is just this wild, crazy guy who's so... He was perfect to play, like, the Dennis Hopper, Billy Bike, buddy ride. He's one of the family's best friends, a crazy um, bike racer from the day. Um, that they, it's, it's, it's a buddy ride between the two of them. They hook up together. And that's, that's, that's who, you know, is on... Phil's on the captain, and Jeff is on the billy bike, but we changed it instead of, you know, the same colors that the original had. We made it blue mm-hmm. with the flames to match uh, Jeff's beautiful baby blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of go into a Forrest Gump type of flashback series where Wild Bill starts telling his story in the third act, and the whole third act is the flashback to how he was in the war and the family and growing up. And so you see a young Wyatt, a young Peter Fonda in the teenage, in, 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 in little boy in the barn. And then as the teenage years and when he decided to make the trip, moved to California, he built this 49 pan head. Um, and he was painted it with the stars and stripes. He was doing evil Knievel acts as you know from the original, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on the bike. And that's how he became Captain America. Uh-huh. It's been fun to it's been fun to research and see how many metaphors and, I mean, there's, there's things like putting um, the $100 bills, stuffing them in a tube and sticking it into the gas tank. Well, people don't realize that the symbolism behind that was... Um, from Terry, Peter, and Dennis was that it was like how our Benjamin Franklin, how the American dollars and our American flag are just being stuffed (laughs) down into the oil and gas money Mm -hmm. and how we're a victim to it and um, how it sucks all your dollars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, they they had some really 
subtle and far out metaphors right back in 1969. Yeah, jeez. Huh. <laughs> that was just one that came to mind. Huh. Now, was it true you used uh, restored the original Captain America bike and used we it in some of your scenes? We had to build it from scratch because the original bikes from the movie were stolen. Really? And in fact, they were stolen before the film even finished. Wow. And so, therefore, some, some of the Easy Rider had to be rewritten because the bikes were no longer available. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, somebody has them somewhere, but they don't dare tell them it's in the original because they'd be arrested on the spot. I'm sure they would, yeah. Yeah, you'll never so see them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, Jack Lepler is a bike builder in Sedona, Arizona, and he is a freak to detail. He goes around the world collecting. Everything had to be 1949. Pan had this. It, I mean, and he made it completely authentic to the original. Wow. And he made two of them. Or now he's but now he's actually building them. If anybody wants to buy one, they can. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but we have both of our bikes right now in a museum in Texas. But uh, no, there it was. The one thing about that bike, it was authentic, but it is so difficult to ride. All it wants to do is tip over. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like riding a bucking bronco. Huh. Now, do you ride any bikes in these this, this film? I don't in this film, but I will in the next sequel because, of course, I grew up as a biker, but I live on this beautiful, beautiful ranch in carefree arizona and i have horses and you know yes i have bikes but it just my character didn't have the opportunity to ride in this particular uh version of this film yeah so now you said that you have the option of three more sequels um you but, bet so so you're actually going to you are planning on doing that, continuing on, right? Yes, we are. We actually have the sequel, the true sequel script, which is what we were originally set out to shoot, which is carries on <clears throat> the next generation after Peter Fonda. Um, it would, it's going to include his son that was born from the ill, from. I don't know if you know the original well enough, but um, it's been a while. <laughs> Peter Peter Fonda was tripping out on acid in New Orleans, and he slept with this prostitute. And from that union, was a, a child was born mm -hmm. and given up for adoption. And so the next sequel is it's, it's what we've done is we're doing a tr it's a, it'll be a trilogy. They're bookending the original, so there'll be a prequel the original and the sequel, and they all dovetail and fit t together seamlessly. Hmm. And um, so now that we've got this one out, and hopefully it'll be a wild success, we'll start working on the next one. So what's the reaction been at, like you said, you had the uh, premiere at the bike shop, uh, uh, Harley Davidson? Uh, we had such a fabulous turnout. We had the entire hog chapter. We rode in and just, you know, for the press and to make a scene and mm -hmm. just to yeah. create the buzz and stuff. So we all rode our Harleys in, um, and the whole hog chapter, you know, staged the ride with us. And then we did a screen, you know. We got a high HD projector that we rented with mm -hmm. a 12-foot screen. Yeah. Not huge, but, you know, we did it inside the dealership. Oh, That's you did it inside? Did it. Oh, okay. Yes. We did it. You can either do it in the parking lot once it's dark, or you could do it inside because the sound is a little better and you don't have the whole, right. you know, dealing with cars and traffic outside. Yeah. But um, so it was. A, it, it actually turned out fantastic. Good. We, you know, it, it, there were so many people there, and they had just moved all. You know, they had like fifty bikes that they had to move out of the showroom, I'm sure. and they just. <laughs> Stuck them in little corners here and there, and I think about 30 were lined up out in front. And uh, people came in. We had the popcorn machine rented and pulled in the popcorn machine and a bunch of sodas and drinks and monster drinks. And um, everybody had a great time. I'm sure. We just, it was, it was a fabulous, uh, fabulous turnout. And the reaction afterwards was everything that we had 
hoped for, dreamed, and prayed for. Because we know we're going to come under criticism. Oh, of course. Anybody, it, I mean, Easy Rider is one of the most iconic films in independent history. Right. It actually was the birth of independent filmmaking because it was the first time that this they gave money to director and producers and said, go make your film. And it was outside of the studio system. Even though Bert Schneider and Bob Rafelson were at Columbia at the time, and Columbia d- did release it. And that's why this sequel has n- was never made before, because they were in litigation for 30, 35 years mm-hmm. over the rights between yeah. Columbia and Bert Schneider. Uh. I mean... And uh, they finally settled it. <laughs> That's when the rights started to become available. Um, but no, it's a uh, it's a very interesting. Nothing easy about Easy Rider. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it was a challenge to begin with. I'm sure. Now, was this the first time you've produced, or have you? Produced? It sure is. So it was my producing, cutting my teeth on Easy Rider. Yeah, you're so. you're a glutton for punishment. I mean. <laughs> Um, But you know something, what I realize is that I've had so many blessed years working with the best of the best in film and television. Uh, I mean, I've had 13 years straight on two different series, you know, Mm -hmm. between Walker and Dallas. Mm -hmm. I worked 13 years. You you learn about every single department. You know every single, you know, everybody's jobs and how this machine works and you know television is actually much more difficult than film because in film you have three months to shoot two hours right in television you have two weeks to shoot two hours Mm -hmm. and so you have to be a well-oiled machine and then you know what you realize is that once you start putting on different hats you're like okay i can do this I can do this. I know how this works. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no idea what I'm doing today. <laughs> help! <laughs> Somebody help me! Yeah, I mean, that, that's and a... you just call the pros, and then they, you, you, this is how it's done. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of connections, so you know that does help. I mean... <laughs> it definitely does help. No, I mean, I've got great friends who are directors, DPs, mm-hmm. um... <laughs> And, you know, we had such a great crew. We were just, we became such a close-knit family and um, incredible, uh, I mean, from production design to you name it. We we really, um, it was, it, I couldn't be more happy and feel more blessed. And, you know, then I've gone on and I've produced um, The Gun Down, a Western, after yeah. Easy Rider. And that's already out. You can find it on Netflix. Oh, it is out. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And I started that as well and produced it with uh, William Shockley and uh, Peter Coyote stars. And then um, I've done an associate. I was just a small part of the producing team on a crazy comedy zombie movie called Dug Up. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask you about that one. It's completed, right? It is completed. It will out. be out this spring. Okay. Probably in April. That's our target date. But Dug Up is a spoof on it's a spoof on all these zombie movies. It's Biggest really thing right now. <laughs> total comedy and it, it is a spoof. There's nothing serious about this movie. It's just pure it's just pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'm it's 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 really been fun. I mean it's so funny because one of our first ADs didn't show up on the gun down, and so I'm first AD. Um, my days off, I was the chef because the crew, you know, we were out in Benson, Arizona, way out in this little um, Gammon's Gulch. It's outside between Benson and Tombstone, Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. And the only place to buy food anywhere close was a Walmart. <laughs> it was like... I finally, I was like, okay, 
I'm going to get this crew. I'm making salmon and fresh salads, and I'm going to do this and do that. So I wore a lot of hats. If I wasn't putting call sheets under the door at midnight at night, I was acting the next day and raising the money and then giving people petty cash. So you're really involved. With, you're not you're not an executive producer or producer that sits back and lets somebody else do all the work. Then you're... Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I think, number one, all my experience, you know, behind the cam, um, in front of the camera and just, you know, watching the people that do it so well and in, who I admire and, you know, just just practical experience. But I just think that, you know, when you're a woman and a mother and you're balancing two soccer, your soccer mom to two boys in club soccer and schoolwork and you work full time and your mother full time and mm-hmm. you know you learn how to juggle yep and yep. you learn how to wear a lot of hats yeah so uh now have you thought about doing it, any directing you know i i would really have to go to school i mean directing to me is, is such an art i mean i'm not ruling it out ever mm-hmm but I would really, really, I mean, I would have to depend on my cinematographer, DP, a lot. <laughs> but uh, I don't have any plans to direct just yet. Mm-hmm. I, I was just you know? curious if you know, maybe yeah. the next one was going to be your directing debut or something. <laughs> no, I haven't gotten that brave yet. But that's almost too much responsibility. <laughs> uh, okay. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Now, as far as acting, was it what you always wanted to do when when you were, uh, you know, just a little girl growing up? Or you, you know, I got the bug when my mother asked. If we started. I was doing church plays when I was in second grade, mm-hmm. and I just loved it. I mean, I don't. I loved dressing up. I loved playing make believe. I loved everything about it. I loved pretending I was somebody else. Um, I mean, I'm still a kid. I mean, it's so funny because you can never take, I don't take what I do very seriously because, you know, I, I wished I cured cancer. I mean, right. <laughs> but uh, I dress up and play make-believe and walk a mile in somebody else's moccasins every, every chance I get. Right. I mean, I, don't, I can be a lawyer. I didn't have to go to law school. Right, saved a lot of time. <laughs> and money. Go to med school. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm a nun one week, and then I'm a bitch on wheels with a whip <laughs> the next week. I mean, you get to you get to explore all the depths of your personality, mm-hmm. the good, and sometimes the shadow side too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you go there. You go, okay, now I can leave that at the set or at the office, and I don't have to be that person now <laughs> in life. But it's, uh, no, I've always loved it. And, I mean, I I was always in drama and this and that all through school. And then when it came time to go to college, you know, and I told my parents, I really like acting. They're like, uh, you're a podunk from Boulder, Colorado. I think you need to find a real profession. <laughs> Like, you could be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever, because I was a good student. And um, so they uh, they said, you can do whatever you want, but you're getting your degree. And uh, I was working at a clothing store at the time, and I loved fashion. So I got my degree in fashion, merchandising, and business. And I used that as a catapult I was going to get me to New York. And it actually worked out great because through my fashion merchandising degree, I was asked from the Denver Merchandise Fashion Mart that they wanted me a model in these shows. And I, I was asked by several photographers to 
know, do tests and this and that. And they did model, I started modeling while I was putting myself through college. And I leaned forward and was contacted by J.C. Penney's for these local ads trying to hire me. And she's like, who is this person? <laughs> so they tracked me down in Denver, and that's how I got my my introduction and invite to New York City, which was my dream. And I got to New York, and I was first with Wilhelmina Models, and then I switched over to Eileen Ford because she had a much bigger television department. And I said, you know, I can... I'm, I can do this modeling, but really I'm here to study acting and theater. And I shot over 30 commercials in 18 months, so <laughs> it, that worked out really well, and I, I kept studying my craft, and um, I realized that I didn't want to be a 60-second actress and stay in New York where this, all the advertising is, and made my trek, started my trek out to Hollywood, and I landed my first lead in a feature film from Sam Raimi before I even made it across country with all my belongings. Now, that's not a bad uh, guy to start with. I mean, of course, he wasn't mm-hmm. as big as he is now. But <laughs> no, he had had a huge success with The Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first filmmakers to take a, I don't know if his budget was $10,000 or what it was, $20,000, and it made a couple hundred thousand dollars immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so his Evil Dead was a huge success in the horror world. Yeah. And um, yes, Sam has gone on and had quite the stellar career. Made a and few he, films, yes. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny is that when we were filming, you know, we were all 24 years old. So he was 24. 25. It was like making a student film. Right. We, yeah. we were just all having a blast together. And um, he was such, he had comic books in his house, in his bedroom, that were stacks lining up the walls. Spider Man, mm. Superman. He was such a Spider Man freak. Yeah. It never, it didn't surprise me that yeah. he finally, you know, he's been visualizing this since he was a child. Mm. Wow. That, he would go on to direct all of them. So, yeah. yeah, I was really, really impressed and really happy for Sam for all of his successes. Now, when you went on to, you were on, of course, you were on Our Family Honor uh, for 13 yeah. episodes, uh, but then you that went... That was so ahead of its time. That was The Sopranos before it was... Right, yeah, really. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but then you, uh, of course, came to Dallas, Uh how? Well, this is, I mean, it was very interesting. Leonard Katzman, who is the genius behind Dallas, mm-hmm. I mean, he wrote the Bible, he wrote, the, he, he, he was everything. Well, Leonard left Dallas, and um, he wanted to pursue, you know, he'd done it for six years and had the, he rode the crest of who shot J.R., he, you know, he'd, yeah. he'd peaked, and he wanted to do other things, so he partnered up with Chuck and Larry Gordon on Our Family Honor, and he was instrumental in casting me on Our Family Honor, mm-hmm. and I got to work with him for those 13 episodes, or he, he didn't end up staying with Our Family Honor, unfortunately it got canceled, and at that time, in one year, I don't know how long it took, but Dallas's ratings were just sliding rapidly mm-hmm. they had made created so so many messes in the storylines it added so many characters that just didn't fit and people were just starting to turn it off so larry hagman told cbs that he would put up a million dollars of his own money if they would match it to get leonard back wow he said if you do that we'll go another five years and that's what happened uh-huh. And so Leonard went back to Dallas. He got Patrick to come back. Patrick had been off the show as well. Mm-hmm. Bobby showed up in the shower. Right. <laughs> that was a strange one. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, that was. A, he said, "They're either going to forgive us and just go with it and move on, or it'll be the." He said, "There's no way to undo the mess right, that yeah. was created after I left." So he just had to. He was just, it's called a, a suspension of belief or a leap of faith. Or yeah. whatever. 
<laughs> you just wanted it to be true, so it was. And he really liked, I guess, what I was doing on Our Family Honor and working with me. So my agent, Vicki Light, gets a phone call from Leonard and asked me to come into his office. And I said, what's this about, Vicki? She goes, I have no idea. And I went into his office and I went to the meeting and I said, hi. And, uh, I mean, I didn't know him that well. I just, you know, met him on the, you know, the sets and the set. But he said, I really loved your work on our family honor. And I've got a lot of messes to clean up here. JR needs a nemesis. And this is the, the nicest group of people you're ever going to want to work with. Everybody is favored nations. You'll have the exact same trailer that Larry Hagman, Linda Gray, and Patrick have. You'll have this, you'll have that, you'll have this, you that. What do you say? I'm like looking at him going, oh, my gosh, I think he's just offering me a job. <laughs> it's like I'm pinching myself yeah. because I grew up watching Dallas. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it came on when I was still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I called my agent afterwards. I go, Vicky, unless I'm crazy, I think he just offered me a job and he's going to write the part for me. And sure enough, he called and made the deal and that was that and I was I was really only supposed to come on for 13 episodes because any mistress of JR's never lasts very long right yeah it was just kind of in and out but yeah, we got along I got along with everybody so famously on the cast and they were just so great so you expanded 13 episodes into almost 113 <laughs> yep basically <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> it was a I feel very blessed and it's been a charmed, charmed ride, and love every second of it. Um, and when that been, show ended, you went into to Walker, and um, I know. Well, I was actually I asked to be killed off. Note to self: never ask to be killed off a, a series because you never know when it's going to come back. <laughs> I'm so dead, and I couldn't come back as Bobby's wife for the new Dallas. Oh, they could. They could figure a way out. <laughs> I said, well, they could do a shower scene. You, yeah, right. Have, you could wake up in the shower. <laughs> a much better shower scene than Patrick's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, think about it. But, uh, no, my dear friend, Brenda, Brenda Strong is a very good friend of mine, and she got the part. And she said, Jerry, are you upset with me? I'm like, are you kidding? I'm thrilled. <laughs> Thrilled, 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 beyond thrilled. If I can't do it, I at least want one of my friends playing right. the part. <laughs> but, no, I was pregnant with my first child when I married uh, Bobby Ewing. I was uh, eight months pregnant hmm. and uh, had the baby in our hiatus. In six, five weeks later, after I popped little Luke out, I was back to work on my honeymoon in Paris. Wow. So I, didn't, I knew I was only going to be a first-time mother only once. And I really wanted to have that full experience. I had been on the series for five years, so yeah. I asked them to kill me off. I said, I'll do, give me the most amount of money for the least amount of shows and kill me <laughs> off in grand fashion. So they machine gunned me down <laughs> on my honeymoon. <laughs> so, yes, it was, a, it was a very dramatic way to leave the show. And then I took two years off to just be a first-time mom. Mm-hmm. And that was the richest experience ever. And you know, when they hit those terrible twos, it's time to it's go time back to, to go. work. <laughs> <laughs> Started looking for work again. <laughs> like, okay. So Walker comes along, and and yep. I, I, I didn't realize that it was, all, you know, nearly two hundred episodes. Oh yeah. I mean, we that's shot for that's incredible. Seven plus, almost eight full seasons, but. Um, uh, the first season was a, abbreviated because we had a little hiccup, start and stop. Um, we had been picked up for 13 episodes. We shot for four, and our deficit financing, Canon Pictures, ran out of money. Uh-huh. They went bankrupt. So, then <laughs> uh, they so they aired the pilot. The ratings were off the charts, so CBS picked it up completely 100% in-house and owned the show outright. And then we started back up again. Mm. So, uh, and then seven years later, seven and a half years later, You get killed again. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> what is it? With I, all these big shows you're on, you're getting killed well, off. 
Well, I'm not killed off yet. It's a cliffhanger on the movie of the week. They shot me, and I'm on the courtroom floor. Right. And when then CBS stopped doing movies of the week completely. So I'm still hanging out on the courtroom floor. (laughs) We've had a petition to get CBS to at least pick up the movie. Just finish this, you know. Yeah, at least get you off the floor. I mean, (laughs) get me off the floor. Come on. Bury me or let me rise. (laughs) Right. Rise again. But, uh, no, I would love to do another two-hour movie for Walker. That would just be the best of the best. Um, I don't know if Chuck's up for it, and I don't think CBS is. They just haven't put it back in their slate to do movies of the week anymore, darn it. And he never changes. He looks the same all the time. (laughs) Every time I see him, it's like the guy doesn't age. (laughs) He's Chuck Norris. Right. Don't you know? Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. (laughs) (laughs) All these Chuck Norris jokes have been such a funny, funny, wild, uh, just the the kids that started this, they just and it just became a phenomenon. I I mean it just cracks me up. Say hmm. so I mean Chuck is just a great he's just such a great guy. Yeah. Just yeah. great, great family man. Hmm. He's a proud American. Just he's exactly who you think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well Sheree, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Okay. And it takes us away from your acting and everything, but when you get to sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows of now and of all time? That's the first one. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not necessarily ones you're in, but ones you enjoy watching. I, and I did enjoy okay, watching Okay, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, I was a huge Mary... I mean, if you go back, I was the biggest Mary Tyler Moore, a Lucy fan. Oh, uh, yeah. A Mary Tyler Moore fan. Um, I was loved Dallas. I mean, I was addicted to it when I was in high school up until the point where I even got on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and currently, I watch a lot of Showtime. Um, I watch a lot of, I mean, recently, House of Cards. Yeah. I mean, I love Dexter. I love Burn Notice. I love action. I'm a little bit of an action junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do like these shows. Yeah. They're t- taking a lot of them off the air. I know, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, woo. But um, like Newsroom, I really enjoy. It's so smart. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> those are the things that I'm watching currently, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's, oh yeah everybody seems to be watching that show. <laughs> I'm telling you, I see, I'm a serial watcher. I like to record them all and then watch, like, take a Sunday and relax and watch five in a row. Like, I I just do these marathon sessions. I'll do a whole season, and then I'll do another season. I haven't started Mad Men. Mm -hmm. I never watched it from the beginning, so now I'm just going to wait and collect the whole series and then just do this marathon session because I just love the fashion. And Magic City, I love the fashion cars, mm, the whole yeah. period stuff. I mean, those are the things that intrigue me. Yeah. What about movies? What are your favorite movies of all time? Oh, Casablanca has always been a, I'm a huge Ingrid Bergman fan. Um, I like, oh my gosh, you're putting me on the phone just sitting here. Uh, easy Rider. Easy Rider. <laughs> the Ride Back. <laughs> the Ride Back, of course. The Gun Down. Um, no, I'm, I mean, I love the classics. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm everything from Forrest Gump to Braveheart. I go from the tender-hearted things to, um, God, Amelia. Um, it just, I, I, there's, there's, it's it's such a, a such a range. Um, I'm not giving you very good answers, am I? No, I, 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 believe me, we're getting a picture of what you like. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, a wide range. That's for, that's definite. Definitely, I go from romantic comedies to to action and epic. You enjoy his movies. I do. I mean, uh, do I do? Yeah. yeah. Goodfellas, you know. Yeah. I mean, just there's a lot. There's so many. 
Well, Sheree, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. And, and I thank want everybody you. to go out and get Easy Rider, The Ride Back. It's available on, on DVD everywhere and on Netflix and everything. So they should definitely go out and, and uh, give that a watch. Thank you so much. It's been delightful talking with you. Cherie J. Wilson, I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. What a great guest. And uh, be sure to check her out on Easy Rider, The Ride Back, now out on DVD. And uh, get that one and you know just find out more about the story of Easy Rider. And uh, it's, it's a great film. Check them all out, uh, you know, the original and this new one. And uh, let's see, what else we got to tell you here? September 24th is download on screen to beyond day it's the first one okay like i said we're trying to uh, get over a hundred thousand people in a day to download the show listen to the show and um we've had not over ninety two thousand people and we want to thank everybody who's been doing list downloading telling friends and everything uh but we're gonna this is our first day that we're going to take as a special day and have everybody download as many episodes as they can and tell a friend, get them all to, you know, look over at onscreenandbeyond.com and see over 281 episodes with great guests. We have such great people who have come on here and talked about their lives and everything. And they're all just sitting there waiting for you to uh, listen to them, uh, just like you just heard Cherie. And uh, there's just so many things that they've done. It's so fun to hear about their lives and everything else and all the films and all the movies they've been in, TV shows and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm tell them about that, and I'm sure they'll be downloading some. And uh, we want to hit over 100,000 people in a day. Uh, like I said, 92,000 or over 92,000 is our high, but we want to hit over 100,000 people in a day uh, listening to On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we want to do that by our 300th episode, which is slowly coming up on us. It's uh, going to be here before we know it. I think it's going to be around February when we'll hit our 300 shows. So uh, we've got a little bit of time, so we're going to take certain dates out of each month and say, okay, this is the day, and we'll see how many people we can get down on there. And uh, like I say, tell a friend, uh, you know, send it to somebody, you know, just oh, just get the word out. That's it. Uh, if you're on iTunes, be sure to uh, leave a little uh, review there for people. And tell them about the show. It helps move us up in the rankings at uh, iTunes. And also, if you uh, want to email me, email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. In the coming weeks, we got some great guests coming your way, as always. And I hope you're going to be sticking around for that. And that's about it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>